Hey Team Fairchild and everybody else out there listening, welcome to another Refuel Team Fairchild episode. You guys know the drill, we're always looking for ways to increase connectivity amongst the community. Every episode we'll be reaching out to members around the base willing to share their stories of leadership, followership, some resiliency stories, some examples of failure and success, and so much more. So let's get this chapter going. Alright, welcome back to another episode of Refuel Team Fairchild. I'm sitting here today with Tech Sergeant Quint. Hello. <laughs> and we, I thought we could do a new segment kind of on just the things that we don't think we need or they don't tell us we need when we deploy. The things that, ah, man, I, I saw when I got there, I saw so-and-so had all that stuff. Man, that would have been really smart. That wasn't on the checklist. How was I supposed to know? So that's kind of the some of the stuff we're going to talk about today. So Sergeant Quinn, how many times have you deployed? I've deployed three times. Three times? Same place? You don't have to tell me where. But Always the same place. Always the same place. So for maintenance, it's kind of different. Unlike a lot of the other AFSCs, we usually only go to where the aircraft goes. So for us, well, I think people mostly know we go to Turkey. We used to go to the Deed a lot, uh, a couple other locations. So we don't have to worry about some of the things that other people have to worry about. But there are definitely things on that checklist that we are not that, or there aren't things on the, that checklist, I should say. So, what are some of the things that you focus on that maybe weren't on the checklist? Personally, I wanted to make sure that my finances were in order okay. before I went on my trip. How, how do you make sure your finances are good? What did you do? So, I would reach out to my bank okay. and my credit card companies to let them know to expect out-of-area purchases, potentially. For sure. I was stationed overseas for nine years, and around the fifth or sixth year, they finally started noticing that my credit card was being used outside of the U.S. And no matter how many times I would call them and say, please stop locking my card while I'm TDY or deployed, they would still lock it with all the notes they would put in on there. So it's definitely smart, especially if you have USAA, not to give them a plug or anything, but they definitely take note of people when they deploy. Is there anything else? Do you keep your house or do you... Well, you're married, right? I am. You're married, so you probably definitely keep your house. I know some airmen like to put all their stuff in storage and make that extra BAH because extra money, it's always smart to save. Definitely, 100%. Yeah, if you can save money, you do it, especially when you're deployed. It's the best time to go ahead and do that. Um, I would also say just to make sure your bills are all squared away. Uh, a lot of times now you can just set whatever you have up for auto pay so that it doesn't even have to affect you when you're on your trip and you can really just focus on the mission. True, true. There's nothing worse than all of a sudden getting a bunch of old emails saying that, hey, why haven't you paid us <laughs> and now you shut off your electricity and <laughs> Tiffany's still at home and I'm sure she doesn't like not having a warm house for her and Elowen. Probably not. No. <laughs> Do you take your phone with you or do you leave it here, turn it off? So typically while I'm traveling, I will stop my service. And then with my phone, I know it will take foreign SIM cards. So once I get to the location, I'll get with a local provider and get it activated for their networks. Okay. But that's something that really they should verify for themselves before they go. Because if you have something like T-Mobile, no plug, um, it may work already. Oh, and you okay. may not have to change anything. Nice. So just verify with your provider if you have service in the region. Nice. Okay. I know some companies, I think, will even let you turn off your your contract temporarily. 
Correct. Yep. With uh, my provider, I am able to do that and no charge. They pause everything and reactivate it without any problems when I return. Awesome. Speaking of the difference between maintenance and sometimes some other some other AFSCs, how do you get there So to your location? You're kind of looking at a couple options. You could be flying on one of our aircraft over there, whether that's a 135, C-17, whatever mode of transport that is. You should try to figure out how that ride is going to be. Will it be warm and comfortable, maybe like a C-17? Or if you're flying on 135, it it may be very, very hot. It may be very, very cold. Done both. Not always the greatest of ride. Uh, At least you get a lot of legroom in the 135. True. You maybe should look at bringing a sleeping bag so that you're able to get a little bit more comfy, make the trip a little bit easier. Yeah. You can even look into hammocks. There's a couple spots throughout the aircraft for the 135 that you can actually set up a hammock. And dress in layers so that you're able to get warm when needed and cool when needed. Yeah. Sometimes on the ground it's really, really hot, and then you go up in the air and you learn the heat doesn't work so well in that aircraft. (laughs) And now you're sweating, and now you're not sweating, and you're freezing, and the sweat's turned to ice, and it's not fun. So (laughs) I definitely agree. Dress in layers if you can bring a sleeping bag or a thick, thick blanket and take advantage of the little bit of space you get once you're up in the air. For sure. And on your trip, if you happen to fly civilian on a rotator, you may want to think about bringing kind of what we call a go bag, where you have at least a few days of basic uh, toiletries and undergarments. Just in case your bag goes to another country, (laughs) then you are currently in. So at least you're taken care of. Excellent. Okay. So regardless if you're flying gray tail or commercial... Usually, if you're trying to get from here to all the way across the world, it's going to take a couple of stops, and it's not going to be, I would say, any less than eight hours. And within those eight hours, most people, not all people, but most people get hungry. So what do you like to bring as snacks and beverage when you fly? I always go with water, just in case I'm trying to sleep. I don't want to drink a caffeinated beverage. Okay. Just water, stay hydrated. If I nap, I nap. If I don't, well, then I'm going to use my yeah. laptop or switch or something like that. Okay. Um, but a go-to for snack, beef jerky. It's always good. It's small. fills you up. Uh, pick whatever you want, really. But definitely make sure to at least have some water and snacks. If you're flying on one of our aircraft, you potentially could be in the air for almost 16 hours, you're going to want at least a couple meals worth of food okay. in addition to snacks. Yeah, okay. What kind of food do you usually bring, like meal-wise? I'll bring sandwiches. Smart. Typically, okay. we just do a shop at run just before we leave, pack up on tornadoes and sandwiches, which thankfully, as long as you leave them on the ground, stay cold. True. And you can eat those throughout your flight. Nice. I guess one way to make sure it stays cold, too, if you know it's going to be a long flight even invest in a little mini cooler if you have if you have the space in your hands. Yeah, definitely. I could. know you got your your bag for war, you got your bag for clothes, and then you got whatever's on your back for in your backpack. So I know it's not a light load, but if you can sneak some snacks and some meals, you will definitely thank yourself later. Once you get to your location, have you ever your first let's think of your first deployment. Show up with Probably what was on the checklist. Hopefully some of your supervisors, co-workers, leadership told you this is what you should kind of expect at this location. 
But was there anything when you got there immediately you're like, dang, looking around, that would have been really smart to have brought to? I would say probably once I first arrived, I realized I wasn't able to charge my phone and electronics because I didn't have the proper adapter for the country okay. I was in. Yeah, yeah. So until I was able to make it over to the BX, I wasn't able to charge my phone. So if you're able to, make sure to figure what power supply the country is running off of, whether that is maybe you're on a base that is running 110, or if you're doing 220, figure that out. Figure out what adapter style it is so that you can actually plug in your devices and charge them, uh, just so you can let loved ones know that you've arrived safely. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. That would probably be helpful for sure. So something unique to 2020, and it probably will be for the next few years, hopefully this is the last, quarantine, and then COVID-19 specifically. How, how, do, how is that? Do you, I know you've talked to some of the airmen. How, how did that affect them? Was it different when they first got to the base, or was there a certain protocol before or after that you know of? Definitely. It's a big change. Typically, once we arrived at our deployed location, it was in process in a day and get to work. And you were in the swing of things. Now, not even close. You arrive, you're quarantined off to the side before you even get into the unit. You're in processed into a quarantine facility or quarantine dorms where you stay for two weeks. So those two weeks can really take a toll if you don't have something to keep yourself entertained So definitely whatever you like, laptop for movies or books to read, bring something that's going to occupy that time because you're going to be there for 10 to 14 days. So hopefully they at least have internet in some of these rooms when you're quarantined so you can watch the movies for our married folks or the ones with kids back home maybe. Were you able to use that time to talk with them or how do you keep the connection there? Definitely. So you are able to use Skype, Facebook Messenger, whatever apps you're using. So those all work. You're able to talk with back home, play games if that's your thing, email if it's easier. If you're looking to watch uh, certain movies, uh, you're able to use a VPN so you can watch your Netflix from back home instead of Netflix Turkey Edition. Yeah, now I think that you said that a lot of the programs allow you to do a share the screen. So you can watch Netflix with your loved one or your friends, whoever you want to watch Netflix with, real time at the same time. So, A wonderful feature that really just kind of brings you back to sitting on the couch together enjoying a movie. Yeah. It's nice just for you and your spouse to connect a little bit, even when you're across the globe. Yes, very, very true. And you can always perhaps, I know with uh, my wife Tiffany and I, we would play like a little travel battleship game over FaceTime. (laughs) So we could play this game while kind of we each would have a little board and we play battleship just to keep the connection going and feel a little semblance of normalcy. Yeah, I know you guys like to play a lot of board games. So being able to stay connected that way is probably very important for you guys. So once you're finally out of quarantine, I know when we went to certain locations, especially on our short deployments here, cash was sometimes an issue do you make sure that you have the proper currency at that location as well as u.s cash or what do you like to do so definitely uh if the u.s dollar isn't accepted you want to make sure that you're at least able to get the local currency if you can't it would be a good idea to get it before you leave okay just having cash by itself 
is very handy because you never know if the ATM you're using, first off, will even accept your debit card. True. Or second of all, is trustworthy. Oof, so okay. <laughs> just bringing your cash to begin with is a lot smarter, small denominations so that you have some spending cash that you can use easily. Excellent. Yeah, because if you take Greytail, you sometimes stop in extra locations on mm-hmm. the way home. So a lot of people stop in England or Ramstein, Germany, and they take Euro and Ramstein, and they take Pound in England. So if you can get some of that currency beforehand, it would definitely help. 100%. Uh, from personal experience, I know toiletries can be an issue. Do you usually pack anything or do you just hand carry everything? What do you do? Personally, I wait until I get to the location and I'll buy like a shower caddy where I can put everything in and just carry it with me instead of trying to carry my shampoo, body wash, razor, toothpaste and all that kind of thing. So it makes it easier just to kind of consolidate everything into a caddy or a toiletry bag. Sure. Okay. Toiletry bag. I know what I would do when I went and deployed a couple of times if you had those giant closets or kind of like a wardrobe basically where when you get your own wardrobe. What I would do is I would buy a shoe rack and at least for organization purposes, I would be able to put all my stuff in individual shoe holders mm-hmm. and that way it would be easy to get to without having to rummage through my bag, rummage through a drawer. Everything would be nicely organized. And usually the door would shut. (laughs) Not always. I'm sure my roommate didn't appreciate the handful of times she kind of bumped into it. But that's one way to also keep things organized is a shoe rack. You You wouldn't think about it. I actually learned that one in tech school a long, long time ago. And those are sometimes the things that kind of get put off to the side. Because I know when you deploy, there's a lot of worry. There's a lot of preparation. And sometimes the things the day of or even the things that you take for granted at your house, you don't have as soon as you get to certain locations. Sounds like some of the places, Sergeant Quint, you've gotten to go to have been pretty well laid out, but that's not always the case, especially for some of the locations we send our airmen to. Do you have anything else you want to share with us today? Even your first deployment and your second and third, if you ever get there, are wonderful opportunities to learn not only your job, but from other bases, even reserve and guard troops. So really take it as an opportunity to learn, have a great time. It's going to be something you remember for the rest of your life. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. And everybody out there listening, if you guys want to tell me what you personally bring on a deployment, I would love to hear what you have to say. So thank you again for joining us and you guys have a spectacular day. All right, everyone, that wraps up another Refuel Team Fairchild episode. If you guys have show ideas, people you'd like to hear from, or even would like to join me on an episode, please send an email my way. You can email me at 92fss.fsdp.fairchildcaa at us.af.mil. All right, you guys have a spectacular day.